It is now the seventh Wednesday of the year, and if weekdays were weeks, this would be Sunday. But alas, it's not. It's February 17th, 2021, and this is the relevant edition of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast and Newsletter. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's program, officials with the Blue Ridge Health District lay out details for a new statewide registration process. Charlottesville is still projecting a shortfall in the current year's budget. The University of Virginia bans in-person gatherings as the Blue Ridge Health District experiences its highest one-day total in some time. In today's Patreon field shout-out, the Local Energy Alliance Program, your local energy nonprofit, wants to help you lower your energy bills, make your home more comfortable, and save energy. Schedule your home energy checkup to get started. Now only $45 for City of Charlottesville and Albemarle County residents. You'll receive energy-saving products and expert advice, customized to your needs. Sign up today. Today's newscast is being completed while there are reports of long lines at the mass vaccination clinic at the Blue Ridge Health District at the former Kmart building on Hydraulic Road. In a few minutes, we'll hear from officials with the district, but I've been sent this morning photos of long lines and reports of people who have been waiting for hours. More on that as I can get the questions answered. The first shot administered in the Blue Ridge Health District was given two months ago to Dr. Ebony Hilton, and since then there has been progress despite a limited supply of vaccine. Ryan McKay is the policy director at BRHD, and he spoke at a press conference on February 16th. So in our district, over 58,000 doses have been administered. This includes uh, vaccine that's been administered um, certainly by us at the Blue Ridge Health Health District. It also includes any other providers that are providing um, access to the vaccine. So that would include Sentara Martha Jefferson and University of Virginia Health System. Recent snow and ice led to cancellation of vaccinations. And with more ice on the way, they're preparing for more disruption. Today's long lines are not related to the upcoming weather event, at least according to what McKay said yesterday. So we had to reschedule appointments um, over the weekend related to weather-related issues, um, which has also created some of the scheduling problems that we faced. And one thing we want to report now is that in anticipation of snow and what could be significant ice Thursday into Friday, we're going to um, reschedule appointments on Thursday. So anyone who has an appointment scheduled for Thursday will be rescheduled through Saturday. And those who have appointments on Friday will be rescheduled for Monday. Speaking yesterday, Blue Ridge Health District officials acknowledged concerns about what has been perceived to be an inequitable distribution of the vaccine. Rebecca Schmidt is the district's director of partnerships and strategic initiatives. She said the goal now is to ensure everyone has access to doses as more supply continues to flow into the district. We know that that the system overall was not um, set up to be equitable, but now we have a little bit more of an opportunity um, to plan for what an equitable policy might look like in our district. And I will say that we are not alone in this. Um, Nationally, in communities across our country, everyone is grappling with this really inherent challenge when you have limited supply of a vaccine, how do you get it out to communities across our district um, who have very different needs? Schmidt said that will lead to the creation of more ways for people to get vaccinated. There shouldn't just be one avenue or one way that you get access to vaccine. There are likely going to be lots of different ways. We know that um, one size does not fit all. 
A new statewide registration system for vaccinations went online yesterday morning, and this includes a phone number people can call in either English and Spanish, with access to translators for other languages. Catherine Goodman is the communications manager for the Blue Ridge Health District. As many of you know, our health district here has had multiple surveys going out for individuals who are 65 plus, those in phase 1A, 1B, 16 to 64 with high risk medical conditions, etc. All of those surveys had now been transferred over into this new statewide system. So this state system is intended for us to have a streamlined database where we can pull information for anyone in our community who needs to be vaccinated. I have questions out today to find out exactly what went wrong today, and I'll get that in a future newsletter. As planning for mass vaccination continues, the pandemic continues to do what it does. There is a sudden spike in the number of cases in the Blue Ridge Health District today. District-wide, there are another 173 cases reported this morning, with 80 of those from Charlottesville and 68 in Albemarle. That 80 for Charlottesville is the highest one-day total for the entire pandemic so far. The 68 is the highest that Albemarle has faced all year. That's 2021. They're quite possibly related to the return of the University of Virginia to in-person instruction on February 1st. The University of Virginia yesterday banned all in-person gatherings through at least February 26th. The UVA COVID tracker reported 121 new cases on Monday, which is the largest one-day total since the dashboard was launched last August. For more, read coverage in the Cavalier Daily. Earlier in the month, that newspaper also reported that fraternities and sororities were preparing for in-person gatherings. I highly recommend reading the Cavalier Daily every time you can. Charlottesville City Council took action to bring its COVID-19 ordinance back into compliance with Governor Ralph Northam's current state of emergency, which allows up to 25 spectators at sports gatherings. The city's ordinance caps that at 10, whereas Albemarle County is currently more in line with Virginia rules with a higher number of fans allowed. Councilor Lloyd Snook brought up the topic. We have three little leagues that are active Uh, They draw from both the city and the county. The confusion right now is that under at least some interpretations and the interpretation they've been using, uh, they are not allowed to, although they're allowed to practice in the city, they are not allowed to play their games in the city. Council had the choice to either amend the city's ordinance to bring the city's definition of sporting events into line with Virginia's or repeal the ordinance. Council chose the former on a 4-1 vote, with Mayor Nakia Walker objecting, out of concerns related to the potential for parks and recreation employees to be placed in harm's way. Charlottesville City Council received several reports yesterday afternoon, beginning with an update on the city's financial forecast. Senior budget analyst Ryan Davidson said nothing much has changed since the last one in January. Um, We're still looking at projecting revenues to come in approximately $9.9 million dollars lower than the FY21 adopted budget amounts. For a sense of scale, that's about 5% lower than expected. That's largely due to a dramatic reduction in meals tax and transient lodging tax. A possible solution to close the gap is to use the $6.7 million reserve that Council agreed to set aside in the fiscal year 21 budget. In a normal year, that money would have gone to pay for certain items in the capital improvement program. It's going to going to be and going to require an ongoing effort by everyone um, involved to manage the shortfall. And we just need to continue to keep these figures 
um, in front of us as we're, we're continuing to make the decisions as we move through the fiscal year. Budgets in future fiscal years are influenced by decisions made now, such as capital projects. I'll have to have more on that in a future installment of this newsletter. But for now, there was a bit of news last night about filling a vacancy on the Charlottesville Police Civilian Review Board. Here's Councillor Michael Payne. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to schedule interviews by tonight's meeting, but Council has decided we're going to um, schedule those interviews for this week and hold a special meeting uh, this week in order to make that final appointment. There was also a lot of conversation about the credit card policy, which I've clipped out for a future story that I hope to be able to get to later this week. There's a chance I might just knit a lot of long sound bites into a podcast so people can hear the discussion in Councillor's own words. This issue is not as simple as you think, as at the heart of it really is a conversation about community engagement. And that's it for today's installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. There is a lot more that could have gone into this one, but I've got to get this one out so I can continue to capture and gather information so I can send it back out to you in a slightly different form in the future. If you enjoy the form that is this, please send it on to somebody else that you think might be interested. If you could just continue to send this to people who you think might be interested, not necessarily in this show, but in the things that this show covers. That's the whole point. There's a lot of really interesting stuff going on here, and I want uh, to continue to write about it. And to do that, I need more of you to be listeners and readers. Uh, To those of you who are, thank you so much each and every day. Uh, If you see anything that you take issue with or you have a comment or question on, please drop me a line. It's pretty easy to find me if you have received this email. All you got to do is respond. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and as I said, I will be back in the relatively near future with another installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Am I really going to do that? Am I going to leave that in? Seriously? That? Stay safe out there.